All right, this meeting is being live streamed. This is not the official show. This is just the pre-show where Fred and I try and work out a few things before we do the formal introduction uh, with Dan Duran's dulcet tones. That's coming up here. Dan Duran in the office today, Fred. Hmm, lucky you. Oh, yeah. We have to hang out with Dan Duran. We went over a couple of technical things here at the studio and... Anyway, um, how are you today? You all right? Yeah, I'm great. Um, you know, I'm trying to f- uh, uh, feel or be optimistic. I sent you uh, an article today again that I read about uh, Omicron in the United States and uh, Britain. It may be waning soon. Uh, based on the fact that so many people are walking around asymptomatic with the uh with the virus, it could be in the millions of people that have it, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, I just uh, bru- mm-hmm. uh, bruised. I was about to. <laughs> I was, God, I was about to say I bruised your article. The word I was looking for was perused. Perused it. Perused. Yeah, so. I bruised your article. Yeah, fascinating that there could be as many. In the article, they said that the real numbers of people infected, you know, in the States could be in the millions. Here in Canada, Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? Yeah. I, you who know, knows? I wasn't going to tell you this, but I'll tell it to you. I, I, I'm going to tell you now. I, I a spent, secret? A secret? Uh, nothing was a secret. I just didn't know if I was going to bring it up. As you know, Charlie, my daughter, <laughs> had COVID in November. And by the way, uh, on the show today, when we get it really started, Dr. Brian Goldman is our guest. He's one of the smartest guys, and he'll have lots right. of great COVID Omicron I say Omicron, Omicron, uh, virus information, and uh, I'm looking forward to him talking to him because of what I'm about to tell you. So I saw Charlie yesterday. I had to drop off a suitcase, Mm -hmm. and I saw Spencer. And Spencer, uh, a couple weeks ago, I think I've mentioned, they came down with some COVID-like symptoms. So we're all assuming they have COVID. Mm -hmm. Got pretty sick, you know, Three or four days wasn't feeling great. You know, everyone's different, but her her symptoms were pretty severe. And then she started feeling better. They started feeling better. And now I dropped over some stuff yesterday to their house and I had a mask on. Spencer had a mask on and we went and got a tea and sat and talked in the car with masks on. And that was our visit. Then last night, I go to bed and wake up. I sent her a message last night about something. I wake up this morning and they've sent me a message saying I had to test uh, for a work thing, and I've tested positive. Mm. No symptoms anymore, but tested positive, and I was around them Mm. yesterday. So I don't know. That's why I want to talk to Dr. Brian. It's hard to avoid being in a proximity of somebody who may or may not have the virus now. Your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. I, I honestly, I don't know what to make of it. The, you know, it's bitterly cold out. Delise and I aren't leaving the house a lot. But an example, we had something on order from IKEA, and I got the alert yesterday that it had, arri- it had arrived a, yeah. a chair. So we hopped in the car and went to get it because you know, with the supply chain thing, there was only four, and you better get there and grab it or whatever. And then I. It's not till I'm in the store with the mask on looking around thinking, wow, there could be all sorts of Omicron in the air. And, I, you know, this could be it for me. Who knows? 
but I'm in the position like, okay, do I want to risk Omicron or do I want to do I want to go get that chair we wanted for a long time? <laughs> yeah, seriously, I know. And then when when I when we buy the chair, then we have to go up to Gordon Baker Road. It's in a warehouse there. And I get there, and there's a few people in there as well, right, sitting around on couches and stuff. I waited mostly outside. But same thing went through my mind. Like, here I am waiting for this chair. This could be it. This could be the environment that gives it to me. Well, yeah, what am I going to say? I'm going to be out and about on some level, and it could be anywhere. So let the chips fall where they may, I guess, is what I'm saying. Now, I, and, I, and I agree. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I agree. I, you know, again, that's why it's going to be cool talking to Dr. Brian, because I've got another article. There's so many things. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you can invest your whole day in trying to figure things out. But I saw another article. I was going to bring it up on yesterday's show about how it's one, you know, because there's this sort of thing going on in the culture right now that, oh, I'll just get it to get rid. You know, let me get it. And I've said this. I want to get it now so I don't get it when I go away, whatever. But some people are saying some physicians are saying that you don't want it. Even if it's a mild oh, symptom, no, right. because you never know if you're going to be the one that gets so sick that you or have to go to the hospital. Or a, or a long hauler. Or a long hauler, or ha- having effects of it. Again, both of my children have now had it. Mm-hmm. Charlie's long-term symptoms seem to be fine, but I think she sounds a little mm-hmm. bit congested to me. So does Spencer, a little bit. But it's out there so widespread. Right. Um, short of just locking yourself down and never going out, like I, I could pop over to Sobeys today and there could be 15 people in there and that's where I get it. I have to go to Sobeys. I have to go get groceries. Um, so, of course, you're not going to go and lick somebody's face because you want no. Omicron, somebody that has it, right? <laughs> like I get that. Trying to get it is just silly. But at the same time, there's this whole sort of gray area of I've got to do certain things, and it's so widespread, chances are I'm going to get it. So you don't want to lick people's faces. And yeah. Although I think, you know, of, of all the headlines I'd love to see from the Brampton Guardian, mm-hmm. legendary morning radio announcer Fred Patterson on a face-licking spree would be, yeah. real, that would be enough for me. I could well, retire then. Remember Brad Marchand of the uh, Boston Bruins? <laughs> yes. Three or four years ago, he was known for that. He was licking guys' faces. Oh, in that's the right. <laughs> and it was like, you know, finally the NHL said, you might want to stop that. Remember when I made the point, it's like, you know, his dad, this is a gritty, great hockey player. Yeah. You know, it might be, you know, after the game, his, you know, the phone rings and it's his dad. Hey, Brad, you know, you might want to stop licking guys' faces. You want to give faces. that a rest. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's such I, a, he's definitely not doing it now. No, but it's such a gamesmanship thing, though. It's you know, it's why he's doing it. He's trying to get under other guys' skins. Oh yeah, but, you know, I'm laughing too because in in the world of professional golf, there's been a few guys, famous golfers over the years that played a little games. Like Seve Ballesteros famously would jingle coins in his pocket and doing little things to get under under. Really, but but nobody nobody walked over to Jack Nicholas on the first team when hey Jack have a good game day and then just licked him on the cheek (laughs) what are you you doing like it was when i the first time i saw that i thought i'm not i'm not seeing this right there's got to be an explanation nope and he did it more than once (laughs) it's like that thing when you were kids you just walked up to somebody and grabbed their bag (laughs) did you ever just or or flick them in the dink dink flick you know you just (laughs) that's kind of the equivalent 
Um, all right. Well, listen, before we start the show today, and we are going to start it, I'm pretty excited to uh, announce a, a brand new sponsor on this program. And it's interesting because when, when we when we got this client, I, I was like, oh, you know, I'm not really didn't at the time. This is a couple months ago. Think I was going to be in the mood or the mindset to start thinking about losing weight. But ever since we got involved with Noom, that's right, N O O M. You've heard of it, and now Humble and Fred are doing it. Now it's funny. I started about eight days ago, and I got the app. I got it. it was so easy to use. And then a couple days ago, we were you and I were talking, and you said, you know. Let me let me sign up for this. Let me have a shot at it. And in a couple of days, we've had discussions, Freddie and I, about just how easy it is to to negotiate. I mean, you've found this in less than you know thirty six hours. You're already well into it. You know, you've got the concepts because it's a pretty simple psychology based you know weight loss program. Oh, I find it uh, extremely interesting. To learn about foods, because every food on earth that you can think of, you can call it up and see the color, uh, you know, how many calories it yeah. has, and it, it teaches you all about calorie density, but we'll get to that later, but it, it's very, very informative. Well, you know, and again, I, I really, when, when I, because I did the deal, and I was sort of thinking, and I realized, okay, somebody on the show is going to have to try this, and I, thought, I don't know if I need to lose weight, but then I started thinking about how I've been eating. And, you know, you start, you know, we talked about this before the show, that, you know, it just kind of gets away from you, portion controls and, and things like that. And, and I just thought, you know, I want to get control of the food I'm eating and maybe lose some weight along the way. And I can tell you in nine days, I've lost nearly two pounds. But more importantly, once again, my relationship with food has become a little bit more aware. I've, I've drank more water. I'm I'm making uh, better choices. But as you said, like it, the 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 app makes it so easy to navigate. Um, and here's some interesting facts: seventy five percent of Noom users finish the program. Finish it, which is amazing because a lot of these weight loss programs, you know, you come and go, you try it for a few days, it's too much work. But this does all the work is done for you. As Fred just says, anything you want to eat. Uh, all those, you don't have to go and look it up. It's all inside the app. With Noom, taking care of your health is empowering instead of stress reducing. Start building better habits now. Long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash HF2022. That's Noom.com slash HF2022. And I can tell you, in uh, eight days, uh, almost nine days now, uh, I put in I wanted to lose a pound of we- a week. And I and again, Fred and I had this discussion. You just said it. it's hard to get through all the calories that you have to eat in a day, but by just following this program, it's so simple. I've lost a pound, pound and a half. I'm on my way. What I I set my weight at 185, which is about you know five or six pounds from now. And um, I can tell you, it's really simple. Uh, Noom.com slash HF2022. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash HF2022. Yeah, you know, eating, uh, it's all about the choices you make at the line of scrimmage, and this really helps you with that. It really does. You become aware of what you're about to put in your mouth, Uh, and that's what I like about it, and you learn so much. Uh, just over the past couple of days, I, I, I've just learned so much very interesting about diet and eating and what's uh, perceived as good and bad. 
I was a little nervous about our audience, you know, Fred and I'm 61, Fred's 65, a lot of people listening somewhere between 55 and 70, let's say. I thought, oh, you know, is this is an app going to be the right approach for our age group? But I can tell you, and you have found this, I have found it. The app makes it so easy. You just follow the instructions. You have a coach. You have uh, you can check in with somebody and, and ask some questions. And within a few hours, I was logging my water, logging my calories, and so will you. If you sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash HF2022, that's Noom.com slash HF2022. And we'll be talking more about this because it's fascinating. You've lost, I mean, you're going to, you wanted to lose how many pounds? 10 pounds? Probably about 10 pounds, yeah. All right. Because it's amazing. I've put on since last spring, you know, it was right after Christmas included, which is no excuse. A lot of nuts, a lot of bark. Yeah. Next thing you know, and if you don't weigh yourself every day, which is another important part of this program, you know, you start to feel a bit and you go, I'm going to avoid the scale because I don't want the bad news. Well, you know, that's wrong. That's the wrong approach, obviously. And, And what I look forward to with the noon is... Like, I'm a yo-yo guy, right? Like, I've lost 20 pounds probably five or six times over the past 10 years, really. And uh, it's keeping it off. That's the deal. And if you learn how to eat properly, you can do that. It's all about awareness. Uh, All right. So, uh, very good. We'll be talking more about that. Hold on a second. Yeah, We were just talking about our friend Dan Duran, who I ate with last night. That guy's, he's very skinny. You know, he doesn't seem to ever, you know, do what I what I do, what you just mentioned, go up and down. And uh, he's just he's very controlled, very methodical in his uh, eating habits. Yeah, Dan's a portion man. I've noticed that. (laughs) Yeah. Again, when we have a feast, he'll, you know, go crazy like the rest of us. But I around him most days in the summer observing him. He's a he's very aware of his portions. He is. He 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 has control. Like, if I eat something really good, I got to go back and eat it again. <laughs> well, I was just laughing because <laughs> last night, Dan, Dan, Dan got a bit small and uh, couldn't stop eating popcorn. But that's a different story. Oh, really? here, yeah. here he is now. The following episode of Hummel and Fred is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Noom. Start building better habits for healthier long term results. I'm Dan Duran. But you knew that. And now, here are two pioneers in the field of podcasting and fart humor. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, we're pioneers, all right. Dr. Brian Goldman is our guest today. A lot of people know him. CBC show uh, host of White Coat Black Arts on CBC Radio. And The Dose is his podcast, wherever you get podcasts. He's a veteran emergency room physician. And there's an interesting medical story you told me just before we hit record. What was it? Well, the premier of Quebec, I guess, uh, Francois Lejeune. Lejeune, why There's There's another thing. We spent most of the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. We all knew who the premier of Quebec was because they're all radicals who wanted to leave the country. Yeah. Um, this guy is just sort of out there. In fact, I had to look twice to see what his name was. Anyway, he's coming up with the concept. He wants to fine... Uh, those that are unvaccinated in Quebec, of course, if you have a medical reason, that doesn't apply to you. But if you're one of these big mouth anti-vaxxers who seems to know more than the uh, scientific community, well, put your money where your mouth is. 
if you come in with uh, COVID uh, and any of the complications associated with it, you will be fine. You will pay for a portion of your uh, treatment. And I say, cool. Yeah, I love that. And they did quickly. There was a survey yesterday. I don't know exactly who did it. It you know it could have been Leger, or one Leger those, Monsieur, or one of those uh, you know uh, um, polling companies. But quickly, they determined sixty percent of Canadians agree with that with that strategy. Well, listen, man, we got free health care here, but it's not free if you're a dick or it shouldn't be. Maybe that's maybe that's the caveat. We should say, OK, we'll we'll be happy to pay for everyone's health care if you at least do the minimum, you know, like by, uh, this idea, by the way, that the premier and I agree with you, I couldn't if you had given me a multiple choice question, I could not come up with the premier of Quebec. Hmm. Yeah, I can only come up with the premier of Alberta because he's in the news so much. Uh, Kenny, is he still premier? Oh, I believe yes. Mm, Alberta Kenny, uh-huh. but that, this this Jason Kenny, but he's from uh, you know I'm th- the, this idea of making people that don't take care of themselves at least the minimum has come up with smokers. A lot of Canadians mm. feel like mm-hmm. if you smoke, should we pay for your inevitable lung cancer treatment? Because you had the option not to, but then you start going. Well, what about alcohol? What about food? You know, if you're not on Noom aside, if you're abusing yourself, and again, it comes down to psychology, but. Well, of course, the pushback already. What, what about those that, you know, aren't anti-vaxxers? They're just vulnerable or the mentally ill. Well, then the fine. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure that out. Like, yeah. we, we know who they're targeting. Yes. You know, the know-it-alls. So, uh, yeah, I like it. You know, and again, the bleeding hearts will come out uh, against it. But I don't know. But, huh? Even if you were a bleeding heart, you'd have to look at that and go, hey, listen, at the very least, if you're not vaccinated and you get COVID with other no other. This is a great <laughs> question for Dr. Brian. This will make you laugh. I don't have confirmation on this story, but it's a blog to story that's making the rounds that the guy that we had on a long time ago now, Chris Skye, the head of the Canadian anti-vax movement, may actually have been vaccinated. In an anonymous Reddit post, an Edmonton nurse alleges that she administered a second-dose vaccine to a well-known anti-vax leader, and people are connecting the dots, coming to the conclusion that it was Chris Skye. story goes on, and she says, a few weeks back, I had a gentleman come in for a second shot. He was very adamant that the vaccine was deadly, his words, and that it was being forced upon him. He went on about how the government was forcing him and his dad was forcing him. I just assumed he needed for his employment and his father was his boss. Anyway, he kept asking about his medical information, like, was anyone going to find out? So later, she says, I was watching some television or something and she realized, wait a second, I saw this guy leading an anti-vax rally, the guy that I gave the second vaccine to. So people are saying it's Chris Sky. Wouldn't that just be the best to find out that Chris Sky? and it makes sense if you're going across the country, think about all the people he's being exposed to, how he's not a super spreader on his own. Yeah, he is so complex because to me there's a degree, my opinion, of mental illness there. Yeah. 
you know, there are anti-vaxxers you can talk to who seem what's somewhat measured. And I mean, it's silly and they're being naive. And for whatever reason, they've come to that determination. But Chris Guy, he's like, he's off the charts. There's some, you know, and the fact he's a, he's a, a grifter, too part of it you know selling t-shirts and support of it and everything all the things attached to what he's all about um he's like he's in a league of his own well he's offering ten thousand dollars right now to anyone who can prove that he's been vaccinated (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i i just think this one of those stories i can't when i read it an hour ago i was smiling about i'm like this is so perfect Mm -hmm. all these people all these rubes that he's doing harm to Uh uh-huh by spreading this information, uh-huh. just like Tucker Carlson and all those idiots, they're all vaccinated. Just like Trump, they're all vaccinated. And I don't really want to get into it, but did you see Rand Paul's attack yes. on Dr. Fauci yesterday? Yeah. It's just, honestly, I want to r- jump through the television I know. and just slam that fucker right in the head. I just, like, he's such a despicable, Disgusting human being, that Rand Paul. And poor Dr. Fauci, looking him in the eye saying, you know, all this stuff you're spreading about me, my kids are getting calls now. No, I know. Threats His family's of death being threatened. And, harm. And, and when he said that, and what we're talking about is that we yeah. had another Senate committee meeting yesterday and talking to the CDC and Dr. Fauci, who's only spent his entire life in virology and trying to do well for others. And this right-wing group there in the States have turned him into this villain, and he's being threatened. His life's being threatened. His family's being threatened. Uh, someone was caught on their way to Washington with an AR-15, and he was asked, where are you going? I'm going to kill Dr. Fauci. What I couldn't stand is the look on Rand Paul's face. Because mm-hmm. they cut to him like this smug piece of shit who's not even a he's, I'm going to say he's not a real doctor. He's an ophthalmologist. They're doctors. But he has nothing to do. He's no idea. All he's doing is raising money like everyone else. And when Fauci said that about his family being threatened, he just throws it back in his face like, well, what have you said about people? You've, you know, yeah. you've contradicted or, uh, you know, questioned other professionals. Uh in your circle. So how is that any different? Well, it's a lot different. Yeah. You know, it's a, an intelligent debate on how we're going to make this thing better to just, you know, the attacks on uh, on Fauci by these people just, uh, you can't, you just can't understand it on any level. Because as you say, he just wants to do well for people. And it's a moving target. It's changing all the time. He doesn't have all the answers. Of course he doesn't. No one does. Yeah. And, and for a, some reason, because they can't, it's a new virus. Why can't anyone? Why doesn't anyone on the right understand? Well, of course they understand it. You know, Damn. there was a great moment in this. Sen- I, I, I know this is U.S. politics, and people are sick of us talking about it. But this is this is interesting. Yesterday, at one point, Fauci pulled up uh, Rand Paul's website, and you know, there's you talk about the. It's all about money. People don't realize this. It's a big grift. So on Rand Paul's website, it says if you want to fire Fauci, five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen, a hundred. It's all about raising money and raising yes. people's, you know, temperature and get them all excited, mm-hmm. just yep. like a, a preacher. But it's funny, Fred and I. Just so people know, we don't really talk. We talked before the show, but we don't really talk much about what we're going to talk about. And one of the things I wrote down, I didn't know you were going to bring up Fauci. What I wrote down is, don't you think Dr. Fauci is sick of all this? Like the guys, I watched him yesterday thinking, you know, he's 80 years old. He looks great for his age, but think of the stress he's been under. Most of us is just say, you know what, Rand Paul? Fuck you. I'm going to go and just, I'm going to go to an island somewhere. You guys figure it out. How about that? Yeah. 
Yeah. That was my reaction. If I was Fauci yesterday, yes, sure, you'd like to slap Rand Paul. There's a great clip, and I, and I couldn't boost the audio enough, but at the end of the thing, you, apparently you can hear Fauci go, what a moron. Yeah. What, yeah. It was just awesome. But I, well, it's true. But isn't he sick of this? But he doesn't need this. No, he doesn't. And you know, Howard, it was in recent history. If this was happening 25 years ago, the idea would have been for someone like Dr. Fauci, a medical professional during a pandemic, regardless of your political stripe, to rally behind him. Yes. Even if you had questions, the idea for for the, you know, for the good of all of us. Yes. I mean, he's, you know, this is a pandemic. This is a scientist. He's the guy in charge. We've got to support this man. But in this fragmented, uh, polarized uh weird world we live in now this is the result like it's like, it's just does, too I, much I, to here's stomach here's my question before we get to this first spot here um when, when the camera's off and they've adjourned the hearing because they did a pan of the room and i thought you know Fauci's not that far from rand paul no yeah when it's all over they you know they're shuffling their papers mm-hmm. does Fauci get up and just walk over and go what are you talking about you fucking idiot Mm-hmm. What do you think you're doing here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is there any moment when they're off camera and, and Fauci would say, do you have any idea how much? And, and by the way, this this new thing that they're all saying on the right, that more people have died under Biden um, than Trump. That's not true. Yeah, uh, but even if it is, who cares? You know, because they've never really got in front of it. And the people in the states don't want to do what they should do so that wouldn't surprise me that wouldn't be biden's fault <laughs> you know what i mean yeah you're right it's it, it, even it, if it was yeah regardless of it whether it's true or not it's not joe biden's fault <laughs> yeah, you know that all these states want to reject you know mask mandates and, and, yeah. and vaccine mandates and keep their stadiums and arenas open how is that joe biden's fault because the minute he talks about a national mandate they all freak out You know, I've said this, I don't know, a dozen times about how immature, maybe it's being 60, how immature they all seem to me now. Like that whole attitude is just immature. And what you said about there was a time years ago, not that long ago, that someone like Anthony Fauci would be revered and, you know, he would be the, you know, the nation's doctor. Early on, there was some of that, but I've never seen anything like this pivot to, to vilifying him. To raise you know, money. You know, and I blame social media, the 24-hour news reel. It's all supported. But I'll tell you, the night, whatever it was, November of uh, 2008, when a black man was elected president of the United States, the country changed dramatically that night. Yeah. And there was a lot of people determined that this will never happen again. He was reelected, but I'll tell you, there's people that still are not over that. Yeah. And what they determined that night was not only would that not happen again, they're going to do everything they can so that they never lose power again. Uh, And that's really what it's all about. All right. uh, Dr. Brian Goldman's coming up. We're going to talk to the retirement Sherpa as well. Check in with him. Uh, we talked about Noom as a psychologically, a psychology-based uh, weight loss program, and that, and part of the psychology of it, the cognitive awareness, 
uh, is the same thing that happens when you have a health gauge watch. You become aware of some of your vitals. And the thing is, health gauge can help you check in with them every day. I'm looking at my heart rate. I'm looking at my temperature, especially during COVID times. You know, anytime you start to get a little bit of a... You know, a fever or something. You think, what is my temperature? Well, now you can tell if you get healthgauge.com. Uh, then you get the promo code. It's really simple. Humble and Fred HG. Humble Fred HG. Sorry, no and in it. Humble Fred HG for 15% off at checkout. Healthgauge.com. Check it out. We're wearing it, and it's made a huge difference. Healthgauge.com. And talking about being self-aware, when uh, you're in Dure Pants... You're aware that you look pretty good. I'm telling you that. Dewar has the world's most comfortable pants for men and women. Natural materials in combination with technical. Achieves breathability, comfort, and strength for everyday wear. No longer do you have to sacrifice performance when you want to dress up or style when you're on the move. Dewar is proudly Canadian and prides itself on having a collection of natural fiber-rich fabrics, meaning the majority of fibers originate from plants, eucalyptus trees, wood chips, and recycled alternatives to oil. No wonder you look so good. Use code HUMBLEANDFRED15 for 15% off your next order. Yeah, man, I'm wearing my uh, Dewar fleece-lined denims today. I... Uh the weather's been so brutal the last couple of days. I took Stan out again for about 15 minutes yesterday, and it was it was gross. But today looks a little bit better. I'm going to take him for a walk out in a big park. And these pants are, uh, it's like wearing long johns as a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And almost every day of my winters in Moose Jaw, we're wearing long johns. Yeah, I wore my uh, Dewar uh, fleece-lined uh, jeans to the Ikea yesterday. Oh, you didn't? Did and, people uh, stop I can tell you? people were looking at it. <laughs> I was going to say. Were people uh-huh. saying, is that Fred Patterson? He looking so good. Uh, no, no, they were looking at me waist down. I know what they were looking at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> that's, uh, that's what you think. Brian Goldman is uh, coming on here. Brian's, I'm, he, he's early, but I'm, I'm happy to have Dr. Brian Goldman on early. The guy's a... Uh, look at you. Later, How, How are you, you my friend? I'm okay. How are you? Good. Uh, keeping well. Uh, are you all set up? Is that? Do you have your microphone? Is it all ready to go? I'm all ready to go. I'm okay. always all ready to go. I'm an emerge physician. Well, listen, a lot of us think we're doctors. I mean, myself, uh, Dr. Google, but uh, he really is a doctor. For years, people have been listening to our guest on Black Arts. I'm sorry, White Coat Black Art on CBC Radio, his new podcast. I'm saying new, but it's probably not new. It's called The Dose uh, welcome back to this program, Dr. Brian Goldman. Are you getting sick of uh, ans- answering questions about COVID? No, because our uh, podcast, The Dose, is, has has pivoted mostly away from uh, from everything else to The Dose. And so you have to be on top of your game to be able to, to talk about this stuff. And, and isn't it changing all the time? Aren't the rules changing all the time? For testing, for for boosters, you know, our topic this week, which will drop tomorrow, is whether you know Israel is starting to to roll out fourth doses of the COVID vaccine, and we're going to ask the question. It's a good question. How many doses is too many doses? Yeah. So uh, that's a question we're going to be talking about tomorrow. So no, I'm not tired of it at all. I mean, I want the whole thing to be over. Uh, Brian, if, I just want to interject, if I may, briefly. Just turn, if you can turn up the volume on your internal mic for us, just a tiny bit. Oh, God. Is my mic that low? Well, or, well, it's a little bit low for us, but you know what? If you could just lean in, then we're, because your yeah, mic is, yeah. you're picking up your mic off your, your computer. Um, 
Well, you said a lot there, and, and, I, and I know Fred and I have a million questions, but let's just start with this. You know, you mentioned boosters. Some people, psychologically, people are freaking out because I do what am I going to have to get a booster every year? And I'm, my response always is, yeah, so what? Like, do you want this to, do you want it, this to go away? Are we ever going to get to a point where, as a people, we're going to be able to accept this and it'll just eventually be like the flu? Uh, I, I hope we're going to get to that point. And, you know, because this is a new pandemic and because we just haven't uh, we just haven't uh, had experience with a coronavirus pandemic before in history, as far as I can tell, as far as I know, um, we're learning as we go. And and, you know, I'm I hope that 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 the new variants that we're getting are going to be milder and that they won't. Uh, cause serious illness and enough people on the planet are vaccinated and that's a very important point we've got to get to the point where everybody is vaccinated and we're not anywhere near that you know as we give second third and now some countries are going to give fourth doses to 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 people living in 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 well-off nations we have not vaccinated people in the poorest countries we have to do that because that's where the next variant is coming from is that even possible Yes, of course it's possible. Now, you know, there are logistical issues mm-hmm. and there are, you know, production issues. You want to have the production facilities close to where people live. You want to uh, take uh, vaccines off patent and they're starting to do that. And, and there's no question that, that developing nations need help from developed nations. Uh, you have to shift the wealth. You have to shift the technology. And, but I think we need to do that. We need to understand mm-hmm. that we are, we are truly – when, you know – that that you know phrase we're in this together has been beaten to death and it's been beaten down a lot of people say we're not you know we may be you know we may be in the same water but we're not in the same boat but the fact is we have to put ourselves in the same boat when it comes to to vaccinating everybody if we do that then the next variant that is you know won't come from a, from another country and and therefore we won't have omicrons and deltas which we've been dealing with in right. the last months so yeah no i'm very hopeful that this is going to come to an end and um, will we need a new vaccine? You know, will we need a booster? A, a, you know, every year, every two years. Stay tuned. The yeah. scientists don't know that. They can't. They're not. T- it's not that they're not telling us. They don't know yet. Well, that's where we were talking about the attacks on uh, Dr. Fauci in the states. Like he's supposed to have all these answers that nobody has. Which, uh, and again, but that's a whole other subject. Um, the, what about you know? There's still people out there, doctor who are using the argument that, oh, yeah, you've been triple vexed and you can still get it. So that's their reason not to get the vaccination. Like, there's no there's no excuse for dumb. Like, all, all the research is out there. If you're vaccinated, it's less likely you're going in the hospital or the ICU. I mean, that's a major problem there. Yeah, and, and you're right, and you said it perfectly. And, and but but I you know I think we have to acknowledge that there has been a shift in the communication strategy and a shift in the goals. Now originally, if you'd asked Dr. Fauci say a year and a half ago, he would have been talking about getting vaccinated so you don't get infected. Right. Well, that's not happening because with Omicron you can get infected even if you've been vaccinated. There's plenty of breakthrough infections. But if your goal is to prevent serious illness prevent hospitalizations prevent deaths prevent needing ending up on a ventilator then even now with omicron if you've had your third dose those things are more than likely not going to happen like they are dramatically reduced 
And and so, you know, we, we continue to see that that the majority of people who are in uh, hospital, uh, who are uh, who have serious covid infections are unvaccinated mm-hmm. or undervaccinated. And right. that's why we see more of it in kids. So you're, you've said it absolutely right. And, and if, if that's the goal and I can tell you, we don't necessarily need to roll out a fourth dose if you've had three doses and, and Omicron is all you're facing. And it seems as if if the goal is that you not end up in hospital, good, you're not going to end up in hospital. So roll up your sleeve and make sure you get your third dose. Because remember, all Canadians who are eligible for a third dose have not received a third dose. Mm-hmm. Some people are reluctant to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, let's talk. There's a couple things. And Freddie, if I forget, let's let's ask Dr. Brian about that Quebec situation, because mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. But before we get to that. You know, we're living in these parallel universes. We watch the U.S. and Buffalo Bills have a full stadium. And, you know, I'm watching golf from Hawaii. There's 10,000 people around the 18th hole. Meantime, I, we can't go to a restaurant here in Toronto. Yeah. What? And, and there's a, you know, there's a lot of people talking about, you know, letting the letting the virus run through the population and see what happens. What I guess I'm asking you, why are we in the middle of a three week lockdown? And what does that do for us versus other communities around the world? The the reason why we're in a three week lockdown at the moment, and it's not really a full lockdown because we can come and go, and there's lots of there's lots of things that, that are open. You know, the, the most prominent thing that isn't right now are schools and restaurants. And there's and there's a difference of opinion. If we, we can we can talk about the difference of opinion because you know on both sides of the border there are wildly different strategies uh, regarding that. But to, to to answer your question, the reason why we're in you know why we're having more controls right now is that if you look at the curve of you know the rate of rise of hospitalizations and and people admitted to the intensive care unit it was almost as well it was almost a straight line the curve was going up like this it's frightening and i can tell you and and it's not just the number of patients who are admitted to uh, medical wards into the intensive care unit who have omicron it's also the number of people like me doctors nurses paramedics respiratory therapists who are on covid protocol who can't report for work because they tested positive and they're waiting, you know, five days, seven days, whatever it is to, to make sure that they can return to work without infecting other people. There are outbreaks that are occurring in, in uh, long-term care facilities, you know, tens of them. There are outbreaks occurring on hospital wards right now. And, and, you know, we have had situations, there's something called a code black, a code black situation is when there are no paramedics, driving around in ambulances so that if you get into a car accident or you trip, you know, while you're walking the dog and you and you hit your head and now you've got a brain bleed, there's nobody for you to call 911 to come and pick you up and take you to the hospital. These are things that we want to prevent. And in a society that doesn't that that values collective rights more than individual rights, like my body, my choice, you know, my right to do whatever I want, then they're going to have rules. And so when you look at the difference between the United States and Canada, there are some very different philosophical approaches. I mean, look, if Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, happened to be the, pr- the premier of, of Ontario, what do you think the rules would be right now? <laughs> what do you think the rules would be right now? It would be whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's like, I, again, I don't know where to begin, you know, the questions like uh, Me neither. Re- reporting the numbers like 
you know, when you take a sort of a pragmatic approach to this, when they say, um, okay, we're going to stop uh, reporting the numbers on different levels, will you go, well, why would you do that? But then when you read reports, it's running through the population. Like they're saying the United States, it could be six million people a day. They just don't know a lot of asymptomatic people. So you look and you go, well, you know what? That makes sense. Because if this horse is out of the barn, what's the point? Because yeah. the numbers aren't real anyway. But and then there's a lot of people that think that is horrible. We should know the numbers. Well, you know what? You're going to know the numbers, but they're going to be wrong. So there's a couple of things I can say about that. The first thing is testing. We're not testing. We don't have enough mm-hmm. CR tests to give to everybody. And no, you can't have testing be uh, something that, that only well-off people can can pay for. And now there's you know there's commercials for, for, for health companies that will sell you a PCR testing kits and they promise results within 12 bucks uh, 12 hours for a fee, not 12 bucks, a lot yeah. more than 12 bucks. Uh, so, so you would have to have comprehensive testing to be able to do that. But you reach the point when you have a, an extremely transmissible variant like Omicron that what's the point? I'm working right now. I'm doing shifts in a COVID. In addition to the emergency department, I work in a COVID and flu assessment clinic. And I can tell you that, you know, if, you know, we're getting so many stories like this. I'm sick. I've got a runny nose. I got a scratchy throat. I have a fever. I live in, in, in an apartment which we share for five people. We're going to university. One person tested positive. We're all sick. Well, if one of you tested positive for COVID and it's Omicron, I'm telling you, you all have Omicron. Right. I don't need to test you to know that you all have Omicron. So if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck duck, and you don't need the testing. Now, does that affect reporting? Absolutely. Yeah, we we don't we're not tracking the numbers like we were in the first wave, second, third wave. Let me just interject. How underreported do you think the numbers are? Because I read something this morning that the numbers in Canada and the states might be underreported by by a huge amount. Five to ten minimum. So, so if we have four on on the uh, the uh, worldometer says Canada's uh, cases yesterday were uh, fifty five thousand or no that was a couple days ago. So you're thinking we have ten times that much? Yes. Yeah, as many as ten times that much. Wow. Yeah. If we had better surge protection, I'll use that term in the hospitals. Do you think restaurants would be closed? Is that what it's all about? Is this exposed the Ontario in particular healthcare system or capacity? Is it exposed expose the flaws or is this just sort of unprecedented and that's not really the issue? You got two hours? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. We, we're really not doing much. You know, most days <laughs> we just sit here talking for a couple hours. That's all we do. I've just no, but the, no, but the, it's, it's, it's complicated Now we've been, you know, you're talking about about surge protection in the healthcare system. First of all, let me talk about that for a second. Um, there's no question that since the federal government has been cutting health transfers and they've been doing this since the Paul Martin government, or not the government, Paul Martin, when Paul Martin was finance minister back in 1995, you know, the come hell or high water, we're going to we're going to slay the deficit. Boy, you know what? Now it's like your grandparents remember remember when that happened. My goodness. But but I'll tell you, since those times, the provinces have been forced to make astute cutbacks in the healthcare system. And one of the things that they have done is reduce bed capacity. So so you know, the advent of same day surgery didn't mean that people got kicked out, but but it permitted people to be kicked out. You know, if if you could poop, if if you weren't vomiting you know, if you could walk, you could leave, you know, mm. you know, so, so I remember when I had my appendix taken out like decades ago, 
I spent five days in hospital. Well, I can tell you, you don't spend five days in hospital. You might go home the same day. Um, if not, then the next day. But, but, but keyhole surgery enabled that to happen. So, so we have been slowly but surely cutting back bed capacity and, and, and turning beds into a very precious, like hospital beds, into a very precious commodity only for people who are sick enough to warrant being admitted to hospital. So you know, if com- somebody comes in with a bad back, I need to go in, doc, I need to go in for, to check in because I can't take it. No way. You're never going to be admitted to hospital for back pain. It, you're only going to be admitted to hospital if you are a candidate for back surgery mm-hmm. to, because you have an emergency problem. So that that's that's something that's been going on for decades, and COVID has nothing to do with that. Did it take our surge capacity? To an extent. But the most important thing, guys, is not the beds. It's the people who take care of you when you're in the bed. And we, and And there's a problem right now with nurses. Nurses are angrier than ever. And, and, you know, the flashpoint was Bill 124, which, which capped wages. Uh, and, you know, of course, nurses don't have collective bargaining agreements because they're considered, you know, they, 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 can't, they, have, you know, they, can't, they can't go on strike. They're an essential service. Um, so, so that's a problem. It's not the only problem. Nurse burnout rates are through the roof. They are angry. They're unappreciated. They are being increasingly asked to look after more and more and more complicated patients. They're scared to death they're going to make a mistake. They can't do – they can't carry out all the orders that they're being told to do. And, and, and when the pandemic ends, some of the stress will be taken off, but that problem will still be there, and it's worse than ever. And it's something it's something we're going to be talking about the next couple of weeks on White Coat Black Art. You know, there are emergency departments that are one or two nurses away from having to shut down because if you don't have nurses, you can't run the place. They've actually called in doctors wow. to perform nursing duties because they have enough doctors to do that but they don't have enough nurses. Go figure what a crazy system that is. Dr. Brian Goldman is with us. His uh, podcast is called The Dose. He just mentioned a show he's been doing on CBC for a long time. And I, I was always interested as a, you know, and it is the word mediophile, whatever. I'm fascinated by all things medical and enjoyed your show, White Coat, Black Art. Listening to you now, and you're, you're such a great, you know, you, you articulate these things so well, which is why you're a, you've become a nice broadcaster, Dr. Brian, I'll tell you. But, should people be worried, nervous, and, and, and if they're listening now and they think, wait a second, well, if I do have back pain or my appendix is bugging me and I, something not COVID-related now during this time, should we be worried about going to the hospital? You know, that's interesting because, uh, you know, I am, you know, I'm, I'm biased in one respect as a health professional. If I go into hospital or if a loved one goes into hospital, a loved one of mine goes into hospital, if they go into my hospital, they know it's they know they're related to me. That's not a reason to be confident. That probably makes me more confident. I, I've spoken to some nurses lately who have said that based on their experiences, where they're where they are working on their wards, that they wouldn't want their loved one to be admitted to the ward where they're working. That's wow. what they told me because they said, look, you know, that's what's going on. Now it's probably not the same in every hospital, in every town and, and every city. Uh, for instance, across the province of Ontario right now, but but you know there are, there's more stress in the healthcare system than there has ever been, uh, and certainly the pandemic has made things worse. Um, well, that, that I can say. 
Well, what about, is this naive, special measures for special situations, like during something like this, retired nurses, pay them 100 bucks an hour tax-free to come back in. I mean, the government throws money at other stuff that's useless. So you pay retired nurses 100 bucks an hour to come back into the thing, and the ones that are existing still working, not retired, you bump their pay up during this Yeah, like emergency pay or something like this. Emergency pay, like... What's wrong with that? They'll do it to an extent. Government might do it to to some extent. Um, the problem that they're thinking, they're thinking two years down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you going to do? Take that money away? <laughs> you take that money away? You can't. You can't take it away. You can't. No, buy. but I said about special measures pay or right. something. I, I don't know. I, I, it's just... Again, so much money is thrown at so many useless things, and then we find ourselves in this situation and these frontline workers being nickeled and dimed and one percented. It's uh, it's disgusting, really. Well, and you know, but they're always thinking about the unintended consequences. You know, it mm-hmm. suddenly occurred to me in the last few weeks. You know, because there was a lot of rumbling talk with vaccine clinics, vaccinated. You know, that they're they're paying uh, physicians quite handsomely, I think, to work. In, in vaccine clinics, particularly when they work in the off hours, like from 5 p.m. to to 9 or on weekends. They're paid quite handsomely. And in fact, you know, there are, and, and I'll tell you something on the other side of that, there are unemployed anesthesiologists or underemployed anesthesiologists who work on fee-for-service, but all of the elective operations, the non-urgent operations have been postponed, mm-hmm. which means they they only get paid by the cases they do. They're not getting cases. They're not getting paid. I've actually met uh, anesthesiologists who are working at COVID assessment clinics because they've got no place else to work. Right. Now, so the question is, if you – so, like, early on when we started mass vaccinating – Nurses were saying, how come you know, we're being pressed to volunteer there and doctors are being paid handsomely? And I thought, hey, you know what? Why not deputize nurses? Well, if you did that, then you would have an exodus of nurses from acute care hospitals because they would much rather uh, give jabs because it's a lot cleaner work. It's a lot less stressful than to work in an intensive care unit or to work or to work on a, on, on a, on a COVID ward or on a non-COVID ward uh, where you're where you may be looking after seven, eight patients per nurse per night on a night shift or even as many as 10. So you ha- always have to think about the, the, the unintended consequences. Let's run a couple things by before we uh, have to let you go. One, uh, Fred told me a story earlier about uh, the Quebec premier saying uh, this idea that if you're not vaccinated and you get admitted to hospital, we're going to make you pay for it. What do you think? Well, uh, you know, if he can get away with it and he's not facing re-election, then, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. I can tell you that most studies of behavioral economics, you know, or behavior, you know, you know, the psychology of decision making of, of consumerism and decision making will tell you that coercion doesn't work as well as friendly persuasion, empathizing with the person who hasn't been vaccinated and talking to them one-on-one. And Quebec has actually used that model. So so what do I think of it? I'll be interested in seeing the results. Okay. Uh, I think it's probably better to to incentivize people than to than – to, uh, and to penalize them. Um, and, and one and a personal question. Um, I've been triple vaxxed. My uh, partner, has, she's been triple vaxxed. In three weeks from now, we're planning to get on an airplane, which we've done before. I've been on, uh, I did a trip to Europe in the fall and airplane masks. 
uh, and heading to California, what would you say? Well, what you want to do is look at the conditions uh, and and uh, where you're going. But the other thing you need to be aware of is, you know, you have to comply with the rules for uh, for getting on the plane and, and the rules for coming back. And yeah. as long as you're complying with those rules, you, you know, you're not – you know, I don't think it's it's something that I would I would dissuade you from doing. You know, but follow the, the guidelines. If the guidelines say that non-essential travel needs to be, uh, you know, needs to be curtailed, then then I would tend to follow the whatever the federal government is saying about that. But what in terms mean? of a risk, though, like okay, I, I, I understand that, but we also know you know so many people our age are going to get you know get out of the winter. Yeah. Yeah. As far as a risk factor, as a medical one, one doctor, one fake doctor to a real doctor. What do you, what do you say? I, I don't think it's exactly. what he's saying. Doctor is, would you go? <laughs> uh, I would. I would follow the federal guidelines. But in terms of, of a pure risk, um, I'm not particularly worried if everybody's been triple vaccinated. You know, okay. I think I think if everybody's been triple vaccinated, the absolute worst that's going to happen is are two things. Well, you could end up with a breakthrough infection. I mean, there's a, there's always a small risk of, of ending up in hospital if you have underlying medical problems. It, you know, for instance, but you you know you look fit. You know, if everybody's fit in the family, if nobody has a disease that well, I have underlying in, psychological problems, but I don't know. <laughs> no, we're not worried about that. You, you yeah, he's know. a long hauler that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, it's true, enough. man. Uh, Although we listen, we don't want to joke, joke about long haul COVID. No, no, no. no, but, no, no you know, no. he's just making fun of how I've been unstable for a very long time. <laughs> I'm not okay. So I, the bottom line is, I'm not worried. I think okay, and I don't think you need a fourth dose to be to be extra secure. Now, with that play, because you said he said United States, California. What if someone said Mexico or the Dominican or something like that? It all depends. Do your research. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I think the only thing that might make me concerned if I did my research and I discovered that there was that there were reports of a new variant that, in fact, is more deadly then mm-hmm. I'm concerned Then I'd be concerned about going yeah. there. But, uh, but you can you can get that on the on the Health Canada website. You know, we appreciate doing you doing this. Are you burnt out? Like, I, I know a lot of nurses, a lot of medical people like like, do you feel different now than you've ever felt in your profession because of this? Um, you know what? No, I'm not. And, and I, if I'm, if I'm thinking to reflect on that, no, I'm not. And why am I not? Uh, partly because I've got this broadcasting and medical thing. So I've got variations. I can tell you one thing. I had a serious running injury 10 weeks ago, almost 10 weeks ago now, uh, where I, you know, I, I was, I ran on some wet pavement in Vancouver. I was out there to do a couple of shows for, for white coat, black heart. And it's one of those things where my one of my one of my toes hit a lip in a curb mm. that was covered in leaves, and I had no idea the lip was there. I stopped completely. I scraped my right knee, and all the force went up my left leg to my back. I ended up fracturing my uh, the pedicle, which is off to the side of my of my fifth lumbar vertebra. Okay. And so I had a pretty serious running injury, and I actually tried to run back to the hotel. And, and I was battling a lot of pain where I couldn't sleep at all at night. For, I mean, I could not sleep at all at night. And uh, I could sleep upright for maybe an hour. And, and I was pretty despairing up until that. And, and, you know, now I'm getting better with physio. I'm not a candidate for surgery. But uh, so, so I'm actually feeling better that I'm, that I'm not having that kind of pain. So maybe that's my perspective right now. I, I have right. never felt the burnout, but I do know colleagues who have. Let me ask yes. you a question, too, because, you know, when Fred and I have been doing this job uh, together for a long time, but we've been in broadcasting, you know, probably as long as you've been in medicine. 
And sometimes, like I'll listen to a podcast, and it's hard not to listen to it uh, without a sort of a broadcast filter. Like I, I assess that. What about you as a doctor? Do you are you a are you a good patient, or are you would you be someone like as if I were examining you? Are you like assessing my abilities as well as the uh, <laughs> as the diagnosis? Well, you know when you see, you know what? No, I, I have not. No, I went to uh, an eMERGE colleague who uh, also works in a pain clinic, and he did uh, ultrasound guided blocks. Um, no, I you know I let him be the doctor. Yeah, I've had uh, those by the way. Those ultrasound guided blocks are cool. Oh, they're very cool. Very and they're, cool. I've had that. Yeah, Seb Perlman gave me a lot of a lot of temporary relief from that. Um, you know, I, I saw uh, Michael Failing, uh, who is a spine surgeon at Toronto Western Hospital. Um, I was quite happy to let him. I was quite happy when he walked in and said, "No, you don't need surgery." Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody, you know, all his all his fellows and residents were in his little entourage were there. They all thought that, wow, that we've never seen this one. Boy, you've got a really interesting CT scan. <laughs> it looks awful. But but and I looked at it and I thought, yeah, that looks awful. Uh, I was quite happy to let him tell me that I didn't need surgery and, and not second guess him. I don't second guess my doctors. I just all don't. right. Um, the upcoming issue in the next few days is. Um, Schools. Uh, I have a couple of grandkids, nine and seven, talking to them on the weekend. They hate being at home online. Uh, they can't wait to get back to school. And I thought, my goodness, I, I, I thought of their mental health, uh, um, the psychology of it. Uh, good move to be going back on Monday. Uh, like me as grandpa, I'm thinking, yeah, get them back in school. But again, you know the other side. You know the internal. Is it a good or bad move? Or So I think that that... I think it's a good move. I think that that uh, we we all. I think we can we can walk and chew gum at the same time. I think we can be concerned about the pandemic and concerned about the long term risk of 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 having kids at home and not in school where they they can you know, which can foster their social development as well as their intellectual development and, and their emotional um, maturity and their emotional security. So so I I, I think that I, I hope that the last two weeks or these two this two week period is being used to increase the number of HEPA filters to make sure that teachers are triple vaccinated so that they don't get sick and so that and 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 you know and this is what I meant there are there's there there's there are different points of view right now about for instance testing uh, and using negative testing to allow people who have sniffles to continue to wear a mask but continue to go to school. Um, and so I think I think that's really, really, I think it's important to be able to do that. And I think we can do that and increase ventilation in uh, in the schools. So, so I think overall we need to do everything that we can to keep the schools open. Well, listen, Dr. Right Brian, uh, thank you for your time again. Uh, this is, I just want to let everyone know that uh, Dr. Brian Goldman uh, is a not only a, a physician and a, a podcast host and a radio host, he's also got a best-selling book called The Night Shift, Real Life in the ER. Uh, I'll just say this, it's a mitzvah having you on this program, young man. I appreciate you. I hope I hope to have you back uh, soon. We love talking to you. And uh, stay safe and well. And, and thanks for your time today. Nice to talk to you. Always a thanks, pleasure. Thanks, doctor. There's a, guy with, there's a guy who's doing stuff, you know. He's not trying to figure out what to do in a day like you and I. <laughs> you know, he's just a guy. He's just a guy out there being a cool, smart doctor. Huh? You know, you know and he... he you know, he... Uh, he proves why, you know, all the second guessers are nauseating. Yes. You know, when you're in the inside and you know what's going on, 
you know, we should do this, we should do that. Like when I see Andrea Horvath on the news every night, you know, barking about what this should be done, that should be done. And I'm thinking, not only have you got a big mouth and you're sickening to listen to, oh, really? you're pretty naive. You're so, pretty naive. I'm sorry, you think that about... You, and, yeah, is that Andrea Horvath, you think that? Yeah. <laughs> do you? She's not helping anything. You talk about, you know, you talk about, you know, um, special measures for special times. How about... The three of the leaders sort of getting together for one cause, not trying yeah. to pick holes, to pick apart. Because you know what? Doug Ford doesn't have the answers. Uh, Justin Trudeau doesn't have the answers. No one does. Yes. And you're just trying to do the best you can with the information in front of you. How about just getting together and pushing all in the same direction? Here, here. Yes, I agree. Like, fuck, like, fuck me. Like, fuck me. Eh? Uh, no, thanks. But I'll tell you, I wish you would have. I, I had no idea how you felt about Andrea Horvath. But I will tell you this. I had a great conversation with Andy Palalis, the chief information officer of Canna Cabana, after the show yesterday, going over some, you know, uh, weed advice. And of course, Canna Cabana, that is uh, our uh, one of our sponsors. I'm very excited to have this company with over 100 locations across Canada. Canna Cabana club members enjoy unbeatable selections of cannabis and accessories at new lower prices. And. Uh, you know, the cool thing is, it's as he tried to. I'm trying to make this point with Andy yesterday. This is not cheap. This isn't skunk weed. You know, you're not buying stems and seeds. This is the best cannabis at the lowest price. And, and he, I think Andy made a good point yesterday because we asked him, you know, how do you were able to do this? How are you able to offer better prices? And he, and it makes sense. They have a hundred locations. You know, they're buying it in a different level than you know mom and pop's cannabis shop down there at the corner store. And here's the cool thing: if you do manage to find a lower price, Canna Cabana will match it, even on sale items. We're talking about dried flour, vapes, edibles, concentrates, bongs, dab rings dab rings and more canna cabana go to canna cabana sign up for the canna Pacana, the canna cabana club and get 70 percent off all sorts of and stuff the great dr brian goldman was the gig sky guest of the day yes, yes he was <laughs> and uh, as we've been telling you the gig sky travel uh, rewards program is up and going so go to the gig sky app or sign into your account at gigsky.com to check out the program uh you know all gig sky data plans prepaid with no contracts or recurring fees you get what you pay for and your service is never ever throttled download the gig sky app today and enter code hf 2021 for five dollars off your first plan or visit gig sky and uh, just a reminder, GigSky's latest service offering includes mobile data while flying. Uh, when traveling on selected airlines and routes, uh, you could get mobile data. So go to GigSky.com slash aeromobile uh, to see the list of uh, partner airlines. That's GigSky.com. Yeah, man. Uh, Dan Duran and I were taking advantage of some Canna Cabana product uh, last evening. Dan, how are you this morning? I'm uh, in good shape. Good morning. Fantastic. Fred and I were talking good, about yeah. your... Pardon me? I forget. I just said some sort of, you know, salutation. Okay. Uh, Fred, Fred and I were talking about your eating habits. And, yeah. you know, Fred watches you eat a lot more than I do because you guys are up at the trailer all summer. But I've, I've been around you enough to know that you're very measured. But uh, last night, I put out one bowl. I had two... I was allowed. I was allowed two cups of popcorn. And I had these beautiful... Those giant grapes were insane. And that was my allowable limit for my calories. I was trying to, you know, get a few more. Uh, that was my evening snack. Right. And uh, I was done. All of a sudden, Dan does the whole, have some more popcorn. <laughs> and Dan went popcorn crazy. 
Oh, well, yeah, it was you've good. Seen it, Fred, you know, you know the, the popcorn is uh, there's it's nothing good. to it, right? There's, is there any real calories? In yeah, popcorn? there are. Uh, really? I think two cups of popcorn. I don't have it in front of me, but on the new map, it's cool. You just put in popcorn, and it gives you every style of popcorn. Yeah, and Air then you pop, put in. It could go crazy on. Say there. again. The air popped, you can go crazy. Well, that's what I buy. I buy these, uh, it's called, uh, I don't know the name of it, Skinny Pop. Orville Redenbacher? No, it's called Skinny Pop. It's 45. Skinny Pop. pop. It's 45 calories a cup. Anyway, Dan Duran went uh, crazy there, just mowing through the popcorn. You know, popcorn, uh, that brings back, a, like, actually a bad memory for me. I, I I probably told you the story years ago. I was up at the Tin Palace, and I was there alone waiting for the arrival of my son and his new girlfriend and my wife. And prior to their arrival, somebody asked me over for dinner. After a few bottles of wine, I was quite drunk. I went back to my trailer, sat in the easy chair, opened a, bo- a bag of smart food, and... Uh, I awoke to my son and his girlfriend standing looking at me uh, with uh, smart food all down the front of me, all over the chair on the floor. Nice. Yeah, it was a great moment in time. Honey, this is my daddy. You're like, this is my daddy. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's trailer folklore, right, uh, uh, Dan? Yes, that's one of the uh, one of the big stories that always. And now that's the thing. Around. Anytime somebody joins the trailer park, they go, "Here's the four or five things you need to know." That guy over there <laughs> once passed out with popcorn all over him. Dan, how did you enjoy yeah. those pork chops? The yeah, the flavor. I, yeah, I got to figure out how, how you. Uh, Infuse the pork chop with the flavor that you came up with there. I, I know you, you like you just said you just threw it together. Marinade, my friend. Well, I just want to bring up pork. Threw in there. I wanted to bring up the pork chops. Thank you, because Fred and I were talking about how uh, two things. This is the second time I've done this in four days where I had pork chops over steak, and uh, because they're a lot less finicky. Like I this oh, mar- as opposed to as steak. opposed to trying mm. to no, not to, to pork chops on steak. No, no, no. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, pork chop. That's a, this diet you're on is crazy. It's on the noom diet, yeah, it's a pork um, steak. <laughs> that's right, a pork steak with ham wrapped in ham. But but just in terms of how easy, how much easier they are to cook, I find because you know I, you throw it in the oven. I baked it for I think twelve minutes, Fred. Checked it, then I put it back in for a couple more minutes, and then put it on broil for two minutes. Perfect crust on top of it, inside juicy. You know, like really. And I didn't do much to it. Whereas if it was a steak, you're constantly watching it. I make, I screw it up eight times out of ten. It's not right. But in terms of taking the marinade, I think it. I think pork absorbs it differently somehow. Yeah. And Fred makes a mean pork me tenderloin lay, as he likes to call it. Hey, do you really? Up at, up at the link. Yeah. I'm doing. A, yeah. I'm going to yeah. do a pork tenderloin this weekend. You tell me how you do it. I'll do it. Well, the, the key is don't overcook it, and if it's a, you want it a little pink. That right. freaks some people out, but there's nothing wrong with what, that. Pink pork is is not bad, isn't it? No, yeah. And if you squeeze it, literally, it's juicy. Yeah, you don't want to butcher those. Mm. Anyway, we did uh, pork uh, chops. We did couscous. We did spinach. It was fantastic, and it was a full meal. You know, I didn't have to have any more. Like my normal thing would be because I did a third chop just in case Dan Duran was hungry. You never know what Dan Oh, I didn't know that was available. You were like, <laughs> that, that chop was for you today. Well, but I, I got it. Here's the cool thing. I did three pork chops, and I bought it at the Cheese Boutique, so it's not cheap. $15. <laughs> 15 bucks for three of them. What? That's cheap, man. Yeah, man. 
That's fantastic. And were they like the center loin cut, like with the bone and like the, bone, whatever yeah, that cut is called, Dan? Where the the bones at the end? It wasn't. They they weren't big. Yeah. They were small, but that's fine. They, they were six or seven ounces each. Yeah, they call them the the restaurant cut. That, listen, I'll tell you the best one I ever had. In fact, I think it was I was with Dan Duran five doors north of the nose. Remember that restaurant? Oh yeah, the yeah. one near Young and Eglinton. Their pork chop was just unbelievable. You know, with the right sort of sauce with it, and just listen, that competes with a steak any day of the week. It it just does. All right. Well, now that Dan Duran's been fed and fetted, it's time for... Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. his voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes, as for credentials, he has none, can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now from my kitchen One floor above the Humble and Fred Studios Here in the heart of the West End of Toronto With Dan Duran News Or Humble and Fred News <laughs> With Dan and news, Fred uh, With yeah. Humble and Dan Here's the package news. that's called news. Here's Newsman. <sighs> Nurses in Ontario is Brian Goldman. Dr. Brian Goldman was talking about are burning out. There uh, are a significant number of internationally trained nurses in this country that are not working as nurses. Why? Because of a lengthy, complex, and expensive certification process. It's extraordinarily difficult to get certified here. Same thing with doctors. But basically, uh, retraining... Basically, what they're doing is they have to retrain themselves, even though they're already qualified. So yesterday, Ontario has finally announced that 1,200 of these nurses will be matched with hospitals and long-term care homes to deal with immediate staffing shortages. Now, even though that's happened, some nurses still have... uh, problems with that uh, require acquiring certification because they can't practice due to Im- immigration processing delays so like years they've been waiting to get processed through the immigration system and as uh, i think fred was saying earlier it's probably time to fast track uh, some of this and pay a little more attention to it yeah well a special time special measures like i like you know again am i being naive you, you say that and you think well you know, there was War Measures Acts, and during the war, there was certain, you know, things that were immediately enacted uh, temporarily uh, for the cause. Like, why not this? That just makes sense well, what you said. Yeah, it makes sense. But Brian Goldman had the answer that mm-hmm. the problem is you put those in place. They're, they're, you know, thinking two years down the road, if those are in place, considering the transfer payments have been reduced since, you know, 1995, mm-hmm. he said. You know, how are you? How are you? It's great. Hire back a bunch of nurses. I think it's a great idea at 100 bucks an hour. It's it's well worth it. But then what do you do? Well, you have an end date on it when they're hired because special time, special measures. This is a pandemic measure. So we're doing this Uh, again. I don't have all the answers. I know you're surprised by that. Wait, 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 uh, (laughs) wait, wait. You're you're so many mind blowing. So Andrea Horvath, you have a problem with her and you don't have all the answers. (laughs) Jesus, man. Hey, and on that point, Andrea Horvath, that's Stephen Del Duca, the leader of the the Liberals. I like his tact. You know, he 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 offers his opinion, but it's it's often supportive and mildly critical. But again, v- very logical. But she just flies off the handle oh, in the fucking night. I thought you gave up the news. <laughs> Why don't you? 
thought yeah, you were finished you? with the news. Listen, you don't need to be watching the news to get a dose of her. Believe me. Oh no, my whole my all I, all I watched yesterday was mm-hmm. that Fauci Rand Paul conflict. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan, is there any more news for us uh, from upstairs? Uh, yes, there is some news I'd like to cover. All right, Dan Duran, more breaking news from Howard's right. Kitchen. There's a problem with Russia. A troop buildup along the Ukrainian border is a big U.S.-NATO-Russian meetup today. Over in North Korea, things are also simmering. Kim Jong-un announced that they have just tested a hypersonic missile. You may have heard about that, but maybe you didn't hear about this. There is a fertilizer shortage in North Korea, so there is a national poop order in place. Mm. You must. uh, Every citizen is now required to contribute 200 kilograms to the national poop pile. Uh, so I guess do your duty and poop for the country. Well, there you go. What do you know? You want to go first, Poopy Joe, <laughs> Mister Poop Joe? I was just saying. I bet I could make a lawn greener than yours. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Considering what's inside of you, <laughs> why is my lawn well, that's dying? Good. That's good fertilizer. Is it really? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Dan was uh, here. We were digging, looking over some my technical requirements to take this show on the road. But another thing, Dan helped me do last night and by helped i'm gonna it's, it was an interesting dan howard home handyman session because i was charlie my daughter dan's goddaughter gave me a tushy for christmas and for you people who don't know what it is it's a thing that fits around your toilet that is sort of the all the rage these days it's basically a bidet but it's very small and it just fits on the toilet seat or the seat fits on top of it and you shoot it shoots water up your bum. So so you sit on this thing? So you sit on your regular toilet and this apparatus oh. that we've installed right. uh, takes the the water that's going into your tank, it bypasses that, and basically you have a little dial knob, it's like a volume knob, and you sort of turn it and then mm-hmm. water shoots and cleans your anus. There's also an aiming uh, uh, right. button as well where you can but, aim but, the... Uh, so Dan, the screen, I said, right? Dan, uh, the instructions are simple. I said, I could hook this up myself, but when it comes to electricity and plumbing, I like adult supervision. You know, mm-hmm. I had to hook up my uh, doorbell. You know, my buddy Dave helped me because there was some electrical bypass. I, I just didn't want to get involved. But here's what Dan did. Because it was a toilet, and you know, Dan, Dan doesn't like mm-hmm. to get, you know, dirty with the pee-pee. Um, he oh, had imagine me, that. He had me do it, but... I don't want to touch his pee. He doesn't want to touch... I had to clean everything, but he had me do it. Um, he just yelled instructions at me. <laughs> it was pretty funny, because there I am on my hands and knees. I'm undoing the toilet and all that stuff, and uh, he's giving me... Not only is he telling me what to do, he's telling me the history of why this happens, and these are the type of things, and watch out for that, and I'm like, Dan... Uh, you're losing me. Just give me the Doing instructions. a robust handyman training session. Yes. And, and, you know, you are a beyond uh, righty-tighty, lefty-loosey. So at least, at least I got that figured out. But it anyway, was hilarious it when you did at the test at the test stage. I did <laughs> test it. By the way, Dan, I did test it this morning. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Um, it works great. When you great. get that blast of water up your hoop, does it give you a bit of a chub? Uh, okay. No, but if okay. you're if hey, listen, if that's what it does for you, if you take like a, do you take a spray bottle and just? <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never done it. I'm just no. It saying. doesn't give you a chub. Would that stimulate that area? No, give you a bit of a chub. Well, first of all, uh, this was my first time. I thought the water would be too cold for that area. It is not. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. There's adjustable aiming. 
And uh, you can also make the water go faster or slower. But I will tell you this, having not used one of these before, I felt very clean after. They are not a sponsor, by the way, but I will tell you, it was um, it was good. Um, so, so where so do you, you aim it? Right, right at the puckered starfish, or <laughs> around? No, the area? right in the right in. Here's the and the cool thing is when it's designed so as you sit on the toilet right. and then you turn the water, and what happens is the hose is is pointing down, but as soon as the water pressure increases, it starts going at your hole. Oh, yes. What? How does one dry oneself after you've been uh, totally rinsed? Well, you use toilet paper. But the cool thing is I could already tell. It doesn't stick to the wetness? You don't need as much. You just put a little, you just dab it and then you dry and it's all done. Oh, so you don't wipe with a J cloth or anything like that? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so water water doesn't get no. everywhere, is what Fred's Fred's. No, you don't. The, holes, water uh, like, the whole exposed surface is probably so. No water up. gets on your ass cheeks or anything. No. Oh, okay. Listen, man. I want you. If you want to come over and try it out, you're more than welcome. So, did, so tell me that water directed right at your <laughs> anal opening doesn't cause some kind of stimulus. What do you want? First of all, the retirement Sherpa is coming up next, right? What? Yes, he's coming these up. Questions. These are medical questions. <laughs> you what, should what ask kind these of questions. Stimu- the- yeah, yes, I got Brian stimulated. Goldman you know what? Back on. I, had, I, I got so stimulated, I had to go get a, a napkin. Is that what you want to know? I just sat there. Uh, uh. I almost uh, missed the show. Well, I know. I Listen, I'm just asking the questions for the listeners. Oh, are all. you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I was going to. I almost missed the show because it felt so good. Uh, so the intensity, the intensity control, have you found the sweet spot for you? Is it like, is it a full on? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, high, I tried high, all. High. I went all the way through the spectrum. I started off mm. gentle. I went, okay. I, I and I, it was it seemed to be a factor, but I thought, well, mm-hmm. they've got full for a there's so I went right to full on, and it's a bit aggressive, but you know, not unpleasant. <laughs> there's can you something, adjust it? There's can something you adjust, for everyone. Can you What's adjust that? it from like a needle flow to something a little wider, that type of thing too? Or? Well, like I said, the knob is imagine a volume knob on a stereo. So it starts off, you turn it, and then that gets the spigot to aim at your hole, and then you go full blast up to eleven, and it's coming at you. Oh no, no, hard I get and, it. Okay, you know, hard and heavy. Mm. All right, I did, I would like to take us back just a little bit to the uh, the installation process. Yes. So right near the end when we're doing the testing, yeah, oh, yes. there was a there was a, an excellent <laughs> moment there, which uh, I wish would have been caught on film because uh, that volume control that Howard was just talking about, he uh, decided to uh, adjust it without sitting on the toilet but looking at it. Right. So you can imagine the moment. To What's that? The Fred? moment it took over, I didn't hear what Fred said. You wanted to drink, <laughs> so like I'm a, sitting there like facing the toilet phone. on my hands and knees. I've installed this thing; it seems to <laughs> work. But we're not testing. Neither of us know how the water because right. there's the all we could see is that the spigot thing is shooting straight down. So I'm sitting. I'm so we're right. sitting there. So I said, okay, let's try it. So I start turning the knob. As Dan said, no right. one's sitting on it. I'm facing it. And I'm on my hands and knees talking to Dan. I start right. turning and I go, I still don't understand how this thing is going to, st- how, how it's going to shoot, you know, upwards. And then as soon as I said that, I hit it, got it fast enough. And it shoot, it shot right in my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but it was just the perfect timing. And my, my shirt was soaked right in one spot. And I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you, it's coming out of there pretty hard. Mm-hmm. How was it yeah. powered? Batteries or water or- pressure? Water pressure. Oh, just water pressure. Okay. Oh, uh, oh, Howard said plumbing and electricity. I thought. Maybe well, no. When, that's why I had Dan supervise me. Right. Okay. 
because okay. when it comes to plumbing and electricity. Right. OK, I, I get it. Yeah, right. I don't like to do yeah. those things without him. You know, supervising me. And then Dave helped me install my doorbell. Um, All right, Dan, uh, thank you very much for your service. Yeah. And thank you very much for uh, all your help last night. I appreciate it. I was uh, more than fun. That was was the payoff. I'll tell you, tomorrow on the show, tomorrow I'll put up a picture of what this thing looks like, and you can see. It's pretty cool. You can tell Fred wants one now. Oh, he's You know what? If Fred had one, he'd never get off it. Because apparently there's some kind of stimulation he's looking for. Uh. Does, it, does it come in heavy duty? <laughs> <laughs> you can get a booster for your dirty... Your, does it, <laughs> hey, does Karcher sell one? <laughs> you can get one for your dirty basement. Um, all right, Dan. Dan. system and a Barry White soundtrack. Yeah, okay. Dan, Tim Niblett's here. We can't wait. We can't leave him okay. waiting. Mm. Niblett's Tim, like, take th- over. This will be one Good of those morning, shows. Daniel. Morning. <laughs> hey, Tim, this will be one of those shows you won't tell your friend. Oh, I'm on with Humble and Fred. They did about 10 minutes of poop humor before me. <laughs> it's just a natural lead-in, apparently, to my content here. Not at all. Uh, all right. As Dan Duran leaves us, another, when one door closes, another opens, and through it walks... Uh, this nation's leading provider of of something. He's the uh, well. He's I'll tell you what he is. He's a he's a wonderful man who's been giving us advice both on and off the air for several years now. We welcome back uh, live from his live from his uh, home and his office in Florida. Here's Tim Niblett. Good morning, there, everybody. Really enjoyed the doctor this morning. He was uh, was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly was. None of us can really fully appreciate what those poor buggers are going through, man. Well, and ironically, my beloved was supposed to go up north yesterday to go see her mom. Her mom's uh, just needing some attention uh, health-wise, and uh, Laura might have the vid. So Mm. we're steering clear of each other today. Oh. Well, we up north back to Canada? Yeah, yeah. Her mom's uh, been in the hospital. She's back home, so Laura was just going to go and uh, spend some time with her. Hey, Tim, I know Fred and I are always getting on you about this thing, but can you just turn it down just a tiny bit now because it's distorting a bit. Directly in, but back off. All right. Yeah. How Um, about that? Listen, man, you know, Spencer has it. Charlie's had it. It's, I don't want to say it's inevitable, but, you know, the the good news is, as Brian said, Dr. Nene, really point, if you're triple vaxxed, he's not worried about us traveling. Um, and I think that's really the big demarcation line for people now. Are you vaccinated? That will definitely affect the outcome that you can expect from this. Right. I heard him say that, you know, at some points through this, I, I've almost wanted to get it. I mean, I know I said currently that I'm I'm trying not to. I went for a nice long walk yesterday in the sunshine and plan to do the same today. Right. Take some healthy stuff, all that. And, uh, but, you know, it does seem fairly mild. Thankfully, Lorna's has been too. It's just been like a cold, and maybe that's all it is. Uh, and then if you get a little extra protection going forward out of it, sounds like a pretty good trade. Yeah. And did you hear what the doctor said? So if you start getting a runny nose, don't even bother getting tested. You have it. Mm, right, it has, right. You know. Yeah, I, I'd say the odds are pretty good. I've got it, whether symptoms are presenting yeah. or not. I haven't said that. A couple of our pals were out with on Friday. Uh, she's had some tougher symptoms or, you know, stronger ones, um, but it has been tested a few times and always been negative. So it's still possible. It's just a strain of the flu, yep. but yep. we're not sure. Yeah, well, you know, the, I didn't say this to Dr. Brian at the time, but he described, you know, a bunch of college kids living in the same house. You know, that's sort of a lot of those 20 somethings. It's why a lot of them 
you know, a lot of us have children and grandchildren that it seems to be running rampant through that age group because of that reason. I mean, Spencer doesn't have a roommate, but Spencer's all her friend group, all their friend group seems to be popping up with these symptoms. Uh, but let's get to the uh, financial stuff. You know, it's, uh, you know, because, you know, planning is cyclical, cyclical, I should say, just like the markets. Last week we were talking about net worth with Tim. Uh, what are some of the actions at this time in the year that we can look forward to improving uh, net worth in 2022? Yeah, absolutely. A great book I probably mentioned before, too, called Atomic Habits. I'd really recommend that to people. It's a, a very easy read. James Clear. I think it's only $10, $15, so money well spent. Uh, three pork chops uh, worth of cost, <laughs> I guess. And... Um, you know, it's it's our habits make or break us, of course, right? And and financially is no different. So, uh, you know, this is from probably pre-wealthy barber. But if you remember that book by David Chilton, uh, first thing is just pay yourself first, right? We're in the habit of paying our insurance or our mortgage or our car payment, all of which are great things and kind of necessary. But really, um, first thing you should be doing is 10% spend the guideline in the past, uh, trying to find a number just doing it's the most important part and if you are doing it already and many people are uh you should you should look at whether you could put a little bit more and maybe you've gotten a raise maybe you've got a little less expenses given the current realities whether it's travel that we don't do and that sort of thing uh, it'll only hurt for a minute and uh you'll really appreciate uh, yourself for doing it as years go by um, and for the younger audience that we have or those that, you know, cash flow isn't uh, the best, it doesn't have to be 10%. You know, because I think a lot of people look at it and go, oh, what's the use? I can't afford that. But anything paying yourself first is better than nothing. You're absolutely right. 100% uh, bang on. You just want to exercise that muscle, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the most important part for sure. And, and, and you know, Fred, you mentioned the younger people. Well, they've got even more years and years and decades and decades yeah. for taking that action to really, really pay off for mm-hmm. them too, right? So if they've got 30, 40 years of savings ahead of it, what they do in 2022 is going to be huge in the future. Well, and I've had that conversation with Charlie and, and Tim was nice enough to have a, a chat with her as well about, you know, what she might do. And I said, you know, the, the point that we've tried to make for many, many years as we've seen it all in our own lives, which is it's not how much it's really about when, because when am I right that the when is more important than the amount, because as Fred just pointed out, and we've and we've seen the, the the wonder of compound interest. I tried to explain to her, you know, you're making enough money to put some aside every month. There's no excuse for that. It doesn't have to be a lot, and as you say, it doesn't have to hurt. But the sooner you get started, the better and the more advantage you take of that multiples and multiples and multiples. And as I told my kids, that source you never miss it. Yeah. Like, you, you don't have the money, and then you take and put it there. Just, you know, it's easy with your bank. Just as soon as your paycheck goes, bang, portion is moved without you even ever sort of having it in hand, so to speak. And, you know, Tim, there's a lot of conversations around, you know, paying down debt or, you know, uh, borrowing to invest. What do you think about that? Should people be in a rush to pay down their debt? 
Well, funny you should ask. Uh, it is funny yeah. that I should ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you know, of course, uh, I'm contractually obligated to say it depends on your plan at least once every time I'm on. But yeah, uh, yeah if you look at what interest rates are, we, we don't expect this year to be as good as last year or the year before, certainly, although it might be in the markets. But absolutely, um, people who are, listen, there's nothing wrong with paying your mortgage down faster as an example. Uh, certainly high interest loans, credit card loans are another issue. Uh, certainly if they're over 5 6%, you should be really working on getting them down. But um, to, to save on a 2 to 3% loan where you could be getting you know, 30, 40, 50% back on an RSP contribution, as an example, uh, and or having it growing appreciably more probably than what you're paying, it, it, it might be the right emotional thing to do. It might not be the right logical thing to, to rush to pay down your debt. Okay. Um, you know, the TFSA was not really a product in our prime and my uh, big uh, peak uh, uh, saving years. To a young person now, would you say max out a TFSA before you max out to uh, RSPs? Or, or does it all depend? It's just TFSAs are such a wonderful thing when you think about it. But Or is there a formula for that? Uh, again, dependent, obviously. Yeah. I think it was Roosevelt that said, I can't remember which one, you know, what, what the world needs is a good one-handed economist because economists would always go on the other hand. Mm. You yes. know, so TFSAs are like that too. Uh, probably better to populate a TFSA first for somebody younger in general, uh, because they're not going to be making as much income, so they're not going to be uh, getting the maximum tax benefit of contributing to an RSP. Uh, so you want to save that room until you're making more money. Once that dollar is gone of RSP contribution room, it's gone forever. So why put it in with only twenty percent marginal tax rate? when you're going to be making more later. And, and then with the TFSA, uh, hey, if that's a tax-free, obviously, future resource, you want that sucker as big as, as you can, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm not sure if you heard at the start of the show that one of our new clients is Noom, uh, and uh, today was the first day we mentioned it. Uh, they're going to be with us for the next little while. And, and I, you know, I sort of popped in. I thought, oh, I'll try it out. And then the last seven or eight days, I've really gotten into it. Freddie started it a couple of days ago. And the reason I bring it up is because, you know, there's this study that says, you know, people will achieve better results in the markets with an advisor. And that's kind of what Noom is. It's kind of somebody to give you advice and, and people, your, your chances of success on a weight loss program are better if you've got a sort of a team approach. And I'm assuming it's the same uh, you have the same information when it comes to advisors and uh, money growth. Right. I mean, uh, you know, that that's definitely the probably biggest thing anybody can do is don't try this at home. Yes, there are some people that are successful doing it and more power to them. But I, I mean, to think that somebody who that's all they do, who've done it for potentially decades and decades and decades and have access to a lot more information and resources and perspective, there's a reason study after study after study, survey after survey after survey shows that people with a, a great program like Noom, which I've used before, it's a fantastic uh, uh, concept and program 
program and execution, yeah, like success leaves clues. I, mm-hmm. I, even from an investing point of view, I use people who have more training, resources, time, focus on the actual investing of the investments, some fund managers, ETFs, and so on. You know, let the experts be the experts. Absolutely. Um, I, if, thank you for that. Uh, after we're done, before you take away your equipment, just take a picture of where it's at today because it sounded perfect. You, you sound great. Uh, Tim.Niblet or RaymondJames.ca. Uh, before I let you go, I just remembered I wanted to mention something. You know, Tim Rosefort passed away yesterday. Huh? Yeah, I heard that. Do you know, I know who he is, Fred? Boy, 2022's been <laughs> not Brutal. good, right? But yeah, he, he was he was fantastic. Freddie wouldn't know him. I, he, he was a longtime contributor to the Golf Channel, a longtime golf writer. Just this, really one of those guys... Whether you're into golf or not, you can just tell he was very good at this job. He was on a lot of broadcasts and 66 years old died of Alzheimer's. Oh, my goodness. Um, but just I mentioned it. I knew I knew you'd know him, uh, Timmy, because uh, you watch enough golf. But, yeah, I kind of was shocked because I didn't realize he was sick. And, and anyway, uh, I just wanted to mention it. Tim, thanks for your time today, brother. My pleasure as always. Enjoy and profit, guys, and wish me luck and not get any symptoms here. Well, yeah, okay, buddy. all the best to you and Lorna, and take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Thanks, pal. Yeah. Um, where are you at? Do you have anything uh, left? Yes. Um, that guy who, who, what was his name again? Tim Rosafort. Mm. Uh, you may have seen him. Like, I don't, you don't watch enough Golf Channel, but he was one of those guys that was an analyst. I'm trying to compare him to somebody like just one of those good broadcasters. He was a writer, wrote for a bunch of magazines, and then transitioned to uh, broadcasting years ago. And I always see one of those guys that did features and essays and just a smart guy with a great perspective. And just from what I've read the last couple of days, uh, today and yesterday afternoon, just a well universally loved guy and just sort of a drag because you know i loved watching him and you know i just sort of wondered where he'd gone the last couple of years and i now i know i guess he got alzheimer's yeah the lord called him home i guess the lord howard needed there was a need for a great broadcaster in heaven so the lord called him home it's is sad. that what you think happened mm-hmm. you think jesus said hey let's get rosie up here yeah <laughs> yeah you're just a fucking you're a piece you of fucking, work man you're fucking you fucking, you're fucking. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to oh, come? There's over? my mother-in-law. Hey, do you want to come over after and uh, take a ride on the uh, tushy? <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> wouldn't mind. You should try. That's it, pretty man. cool, dude. Uh, tell me about uh, who you got left. Chamber plan. Chamber uh, plan. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan uh, for small business. Get a free quote today. Again, that's my mother-in-law calling because we're going over there today. So there's got to be three or four calls before we we depart. Nice. which there's probably some chicken curry in it for me and some Ooh, nice potato salad. Nice. So I'm going to have to, you know, do my noon calculations on that. Anyway, yeah, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, get a free quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca. Uh, 30,000 Canadian businesses part of this. They've been around for 40 years. Read the testimonials on the page. It's uh, quite inter- uh, quite interesting because the name of the person and their company is there. So you know that these are satisfied customers. Customers who never thought it was possible for a company their size to be part of something like this. And again, what it's done for their employees. Just the very 
psyche of the employees to think they work for a small business that has their safety, so to speak, in mind. You know, prescriptions and dental, uh, the teledoc system, all sorts of therapies available depending on what level you buy in at. Chamberplan.ca. Uh, all right, there you go. Thanks to Dr. Brian Goldman and Tim Niblett, Dan Duran, of course. Tomorrow on the program, by the way, what you didn't know during this program, Frederick, mm-hmm. is that our guest, who's going to be on with us on Monday, Terry Hart, broadcaster, television personality, the entire yes. show, she was waiting in the Zoom room there. I just kept messaging her. That's why I was messaging, saying, I don't think you're on today. And then I messaged oh. Boone. And then Boone messaged her. And then I messaged her again. She just sat there for the whole hour while uh, Brian was on. Uh, but I want to mention that. Uh, so she's on Monday. But tomorrow on our program, uh, Bob McCowan will be here. You know, another episode of me and Fred and Bob calling us dingle dongs or whatever he calls us. You know, and That's right. We'll catch up with him. Yeah, he'll know uh, who Tim Rose for it was. And, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. you should have, but I'm just saying he's one of those guys in that mm. in that world. He's a big mm-hmm. broadcaster and uh, and very good at it. And quickly, let me just mention this world. You know, Bodog uh, has been, um, you know. Uh, providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Okay, you can wager on all the big sports, the big four here in North America, of course. Hey, tonight it's the Leafs and Coyotes. Leafs won in a shootout last night, 4-3 in Las Vegas. Tonight they play in Phoenix against the Coyotes. The Coyotes uh, pay $260 to win. Uh, Again, uh, bodog.com. Very nice. Uh, stay safe, everyone, and uh, hopefully we will see you all This episode tomorrow. of Uncle and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Noom. Start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Until next time, I'm Dan Duran. And this show has made me rethink many of my long-held beliefs. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a mic.